0: Hello, you found the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for all things steampunk in the great free state of Texas. We have adventures. We review books, movies, and games. We interview cool people, and we share upcoming events. And we ask the all-important question, is it steampunk? What is steampunk? I'm Flavia. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax. <laughs> we,
1: we are, are your, your hosts. hosts. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Texas Steampunk, steampunk Connection. Connection.
0: Steampunk Connection 3.0, Episode 3. Oh, we took an unexpected break there. Hey, but we're back. Yes, you know, life and schedules (laughs) got kind of crazy, but we're back. Yep. I took a vacation in there somewhere. Things happened, but we're back. We're going to do our best to stay back. In the interim, we've missed Wild Wild West Fest
1: this month, and uh, what else has been going on?
0: Not a whole lot, really. There's been a couple things here and there, but nothing huge. I feel like Wild Wild West Fest was a pretty Well, that is a huge one, but you already mentioned that.
1: But we didn't go. You, well, I, you I took was in a Florida. you took an adventure to Florida, and we went to the coast to Corpus, just to yep. get away from it all. but they go for it? Spring I break. Spring break came and went. South by Southwest, not steampunk things, but well, yeah. Apparent,
0: apparently, there was something at the Loring Ghost Town that for <laughs> South by Southwest that was Westworld related. Oh, which wow! Kind of steampunkish, but mm. <laughs> it surprises me that. South by people would drive all the way to. Apparently, it was Mainer. a big deal. I don't. I wasn't. Right. I wasn't here. I was in Florida. <laughs> right. Yeah. I but I heard, about, heard about, it. about it. And apparently, they've they've um they've updated their facilities a bit because of it. So we have to go back Ooh. out there soon.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. That's all I know about that. Oh, and Lisa Lamar's belly dance, dark and twisted, dark and twisted
1: show was last Friday. Yep. I I we missed Saturday. that too. Yeah, I actually didn't go either. I, by the time
0: I got home, I was like, eh. I was yeah. tired. It was a long day for me. You're right. It was Saturday. Still tired. <laughs> we're getting old, but we're here. We're here. We're making a show. Hooray! Yeah. And yeah, like I said, this is the third episode. Third episode of this season. And yeah, we're a little behind schedule, but we'll we'll see what we can do about that. So I guess we'll just start off. You've been reading some books. I have been reading some books. Apparently, you know, this Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea is a big deal among steampunks. They talk about it, and I think I, I believe that's partially where the whole octopus thing comes from you know people like i'll buy octopus, that yeah you know, yeah because of the, the attack with the octopus in the movie and,
1: and <laughs> captain nemo is like a major kind of focus for steampunk
0: yeah. uh cosplays I've certainly seen many of those yeah i have too and Especially, uh, like what was that one vegas one that guy had a big old diving suit that he made <laughs> or right was yeah or yeah that was pretty cool but anyway so i did not Watched the movie again, although I had planned to, but I never got around to it. However, I did read the actual book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and (laughs) honestly, uh, it was a very hard read, very slow read. It, I... uh it was It's hard to explain, but it was basically a travel log, essentially, from what I can tell. It was like, you know, hey, we went here, we saw this fish. We we went there, we saw these fish. <laughs> um, then we went this way, got stuck under the ice for a little bit, but we're back now. <laughs> we saw fish. Um, the octopus attack is different in the book than in the movies. In the movies, it's one giant squid. Where is your book? I didn't bring the actual book. I forgot it. Oh, okay. But I have the movie, which we haven't watched. <laughs> <laughs> Giant squid. Giant so squid. that is
1: actually in the book.
0: Well, not like that. It's not in the book. No, it's several large octopi that attack the ship.
1: Mmm, pie.
0: Not, I don't think oh. they were squids. I think they were actually octopi. Or octopuses? I don't know. What's the plural for that? Pie. <laughs> octopi? So I got it right <laughs> the first time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mmm, <laughs> pie. <laughs> yeah, they, several of them attacked the ship. Or the, the sub. And, you know, and they did you know, hurt a few people and drag somebody off just like in the from what I remember in the movie. (laughs) But that only lasted like maybe two pages (laughs) of the entire book. (laughs) (laughs) Most exciting two pages of the whole book. And honestly, if somebody were to bring out a map with the with the longitude and latitudes or or and mark the they can actually mark the trail. They can they can map him map where he went because this guy was really meticulous on saying we went this 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 is the longitude and latitude we are at. We went this way this this fast. You know, the direction we were going for this this fast for this long. You know, so you can actually you can trace his trace his, you know, route if you really wanted to. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost certain somebody probably has. I'm I, gonna have to look that up. It doesn't surprise me to
1: hear uh you say that, that this book was uh dry and slow. A real slog. Erica and I were reading Jules Verne's around the world in 80 days, uh-huh. which should have been a very exciting romp as an adventure. Mm-hmm. That, no, no. no. Uh, like Phineas Fogg, the, Fog, not, not the, like the, the main Chan character. Or... Right. Uh, <laughs> not like the Jackie Chan character. The main the main character, Phineas Fogg, hates travel. <laughs> so why He's doing he... this on a bet, and he, whenever possible, he just stays on the train and just, doesn't go out. And it doesn't do anything. (laughs) If it wasn't for his his sidekick, uh, what was his name? Uh, His French sidekick with a weird name.
3: Passepartout.
1: Passepartout. Passepartout? You know, French. Right. (laughs) If it wasn't for him, there would be no book. No one would want to read this ever. Uh,
3: (laughs) No, the only because he's the one that's always getting him into trouble. Oh, okay. It's but down is what in a doing. way, it kind of it it kind of puts uh, an idiot abroad into <laughs> historical context because basically the care the. Carl Pilkington is Phineas Fogg. Okay, he
0: didn't want to be there. <laughs> right.
3: He just wants to eat his chips and sit in the room and n- just not That's funny. be out with the with the weird outlandish people and their weird food and their weird clothes and their weird customs and standing too close to him and making stuff that smells weird and yeah like that's (laughs) I mean I didn't realize that that an Indian broad had such a literary tradition behind it (laughs) Apparently,
0: I mean the only the only explanation I can think of is of course back then and you know during that time you know they didn't have what we had we don't they didn't have television or movies back then so the books were the only way they can know anything about what's out there not that it was all true but like I said you know He's writing, he, you know, we we've sailed here in the, to this part of the ocean, and this is the type of fish I saw there. And he went into detail about the fish sometimes too, like the colors and the shapes, and you know, he did the scientific names for them and blah this and blah that. So I mean, I can only assume back then they're reading this saying, "Hey, that's pretty cool."
2: Yeah,
1: you know, it fine. is. A, it's a lot harder to keep one's attention when uh, talking about fish.
0: Yeah, <laughs> today, yeah. but it's like us watching the the the. the Planet Channel, the you know the historic channel, like Planet Earth, the the TV show Planet Earth, remember that? Yeah. You know, well, like Ida the Pfeiffer, ocean,
3: the yeah. Ida Pfeiffer Adventures are are very sort of dry and descriptive in that same way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you have to think these, you know, they're they're writing for an audience of people that you know right. they never leave. They don't they ha- has never traveled outside of their hometown. Right. So, so it's all exotic to them. It's and it's super interesting mm-hmm. to be like, oh, weird fish that are blue colored.
0: Yeah. We don't see those here. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. That's the only explanation I can think of why that was so popular back in the day. You know, and so that's what fish look like outside of the can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not sardines. <laughs> but I mean, I can only assume I'm, you know the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea movie. You know, of course, glorified everything. Obviously, you know they've
1: they've got to they crank it the up adventure a bit. Yeah, up, a it up a little. But you re- read some other books. Right.
0: There are a couple more books that, that I found that were, re- that were written. One was by – the first one was called Captain Nemo by Kevin J. Anderson. I've heard of that yes, character. Yes, he's written many, many books. He's even written some Star Wars books. You love Star Wars books. I do love Star Wars books. That's how come I knew the name, and that's why I decided uh, I I, I'll I give know. him a try. This book is basically the origin of Captain Nemo, where he came from, who he was. But he writes it on the premise that um, Jules Verne was also a character and Captain Nemo was his friend. Growing up as children, young teenage boys, and they of dream dreaming of adventure and wanting to go on adventures and everything. And of course, Captain Nemo is, he's like a young inventor. Like he's like, you know, as a teenager or a little, I don't know, young preteen or whatever, he's like trying to figure out how to breathe underwater already, kind of stuff and stuff like that. And they're playing around and experimenting. When stuff happens, um, Captain Nemo, well, nah, he wasn't Captain Nemo at the time, <laughs> <laughs> Private Nemo. Child, but Nemo, you know, hit some, uh, his father was a shipwright or building, help building ships in, in France, and there's an accident, and his father passes away in the, in the in the accident, and he's and Nemo's poor and doesn't have any money, and he's all he's off, you know, he's in trouble. And Jules Jules Verne, his father was a lawyer, so they weren't really rich, but they were, you know, they were okay, they had money, <laughs> but they were, you know, and they have the, there was this girl that they were both kind of in love with, and but of course she had eyes, well, eyes only for Nemo. And she manages, and her father works some kind of shipping company, and so she gets him a job on one of the ships to, to save Nemo from going to be on the streets and homeless and everything. And thus his adventures start. And Jules runs, tries to go with him, but his father goes and gets him off the ship and says, "No, you're not going anywhere." So, Captain, or you know. young Nemo,
1: his father is a poor shipwright or shipbuilder. So him? that 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 uh, that is different. They had Captain Nemo from Two Thousand Leagues Under the Sea already,
0: right? Well, in, in the book itself, when I read the book, there was no mention of his past really. That I that I found nothing huge. He never really talked about himself to the main mm. character. So a lot of stuff I've read online, I don't know where they got it from, but it wasn't in the book.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, Captain Nemo is also a character in The Mysterious Island. Yep. Uh, by Jules Verne. Yep. And maybe they develop him more there. Possibly. Because, I, I'm I'm only reading online. Yeah, I didn't same. read any. I anything. saw you reading online. But yeah, like that's, but, you know. uh, here it's calling him the Prince Dakar, uh, son of an Indian Raja.
0: Like <laughs> that. That doesn't sound like a fisherman. Right. That was not brought up anywhere in. The <laughs> okay. Twenty thousand leagues under the book, under the sea. That's interesting. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: And In fact, he rarely talked about anything under there. In fact, I mean, they, they barely even. They barely in the book. They barely even touched on his motives of why he was doing what he was doing
1: for the (laughs) lols,
0: yeah (laughs) you know but that leads into this other book the captain nemo book like i said he goes into adventures actually he's he's he is the he turns out to be the uh inspiration for jules verne's writings and all the books that we do have that he you know a lot of the stuff he's been on like and like as soon as he gets on that boat and goes sailing around the world and stuff like that he eventually gets attacked by pirates he winds up stranded on a mysterious island. <laughs> I, I've heard of that, <laughs> you know. Then he's on this mysterious island, and stuff. Pirate the pirates come fi- find him there on somehow, and they, they he fights them off, and winds up in a cave that leads into beneath the earth, <laughs> toward the center of the earth, kind of thing. Oh, finds a whole new world under I, there. I think I've heard of that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And somewhere in there, he meets um, a sultan. Okay. Well, he gets he gets well he gets pulled into some war a, a war with France and some the um, I don't remember what the war was but the the charge of the light brigade remember you ever Oh heard yes of Oh yes yes He gets swept up into that gets wounded then he gets kidnapped by a sultan who's gathering engineers and scientists and builders and he takes them off to some place Shangri La I think it was called <laughs> I don't know.
1: Uh, okay Maybe sure it was uh, but it was
0: definitely it was a city that i heard of in, in tales and stuff mm-hmm. and forces them to build a submarine the nautilus because his idea was they're going to build <laughs> like out of bamboo and coconuts well he he he, he has money he's buying the materials in that the episode yeah. <laughs> <Killigan's Island? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but because i mean because they're going to build a, the sioux canal the sioux canal is going to be built at that time where they're built building the canal the Suez the Suez canal. Yes. You know? Yes. That's when the, that's when that's about to be built and his and the sultan's idea was I'm going to build this great submarine and I'm going to stop ships from going through there because that, if that canal's built it's going to ruin our way of life kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was his idea behind Money it. and commerce. Who wants that? Right. You know, it's like we want we want to stick with the old ways kind of thing. We don't want this new fancy stuff. Okay. And he finds a wife there and has a ch- has a child. so Maybe that's where the prince comes in. The name you just read—he was a prince or something. Um,
1: known as Prince Dakar, fictional character, mm-hmm. uh, son of an Indian Raja, scientific yeah, Raja, genius, yeah. mm-hmm. who roams the depths of the sea in his submarine, the Nautilus.
0: Right. So maybe that. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe, you know, I guess yeah, Anderson's probably pulling from the Mysterious Island book as well to write this. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I mean <laughs> that same sultan who kidnapped him was also trying to build a gun, a huge gun, to send somebody to the moon. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and, and he shot somebody. He shot a huge bullet, and the whole thing fell apart and everything. And later on in the book, some people in the desert find this giant thing with these dead people inside of it, because <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Is supposed to be funny? <laughs> well, it was funny when I read it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of tragic, I guess. It's not real. Yeah. It's Joel Zern's kooky ideas. Okay. <laughs> it's okay.
3: But I mean, <laughs> you know? was he writing it to be humorous? Probably not. Okay. They just,
0: I guess he wanted to tie in that bow. It was like, what It to the what happened to the giant bullet? You know? It didn't make it to the moon, that's for sure. <laughs> well, not everybody can go to the moon. Yeah, not with a giant cannon. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that, Where are that,
3: the pedals for your feet? So, so you this... can't make it to the moon without pedals for your feet. <laughs> that's
0: right. <laughs> Pedal faster.
1: So does the the does this uh this book have Nemo the origin, uh does it end with a clean tie in to 2000 leagues or how does that how does, yeah, he, it does. How does he balance that
0: <laughs> um somewhat where basically it all he finally takes over he 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 does a mutiny and he takes over the nautilus from that guy cuz the guy was like once the, you know obviously his plans were once the, once he knows how to once he learns how to Run the ship. He was going to kill off Nemo and the scientist. Of course, and like a supervillain. W- and they got wind of it, and so they <laughs> mutinied before it could happen, and they ran off with the ship. And he and even though the his wife that but from from that time, not the girl he was in love with in in Paris, but another, but the wife when he was building, they were there for like dec- a decade or more. It took him a long time to build the ship. But you know, she wound up getting killed in some battle because uh, another sultan decided you no. Know, <laughs> you, you're, you, I don't like you. <laughs> he attacks, kind of thing, and, and killed him. So he, and, you know, he, he said nothing but trouble with war. You know, he got you know a charge of the charge light brigade. It was dumb, and his wife got killed in the war. So he decides to go on a rampage and he's going to sink all warships. <laughs> so he's so that's that that he's sinking all warships.
1: So that's how this this sort of ends.
0: Yeah, and when he, and then eventually he winds up with his with his love from from France. And he saves her and takes her <laughs> off somewhere. I don't know where they didn't say that, but that never. There was no woman on Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, <laughs> so that's a little bit different there. Gotcha. But um, in this book, he like I said, yeah, he goes off on a rampage and he's sinking warships. Okay, in Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, they he never really did that. He sunk one ship. Where he got the passenger who's writing the book, or writing 20,000 Leagues, and he accidentally rammed another ship, but it didn't sink. <laughs> well, I remember, I haven't read it in, in a long, long time, there but I remember the beginning s- of the
1: book, ships were sinking mysteriously. No. that, that They there were in newspapers, s- and the main character was following those newspaper articles. You just read it, so yeah, they you, weren't, you know better than They weren't than
0: sinking I do. the ships. They were sighting them and freaking out over it. Oh, um. <laughs> Okay, all right. There's a mysterious right. monster out there. What is it? Boo, you know. And then he did accidentally hit a ship. So it seemed like he attacked it. And that's when they decided to hunt it. And, okay. they, sent that, and they sent that ship to hunt him down. And that's the ship he sank because they was firing on him <laughs> with their cannons and stuff. You know? He had it coming. He had it coming. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's that. Oh, there's also the other – you mentioned the, the the Around the World in 80 Days.
1: Right? he didn't do it
0: but he met the guy who was doing it he met Phineas Fogg <laughs> <laughs> because in the book he sank his ship <laughs> and, and Phineas survived it and he actually he saved him and he was like and, and yeah he was really dry and Phineas was like "Oh, bother you know you just made me lose a bet because <laughs> I bet I can go around the world in 80 days and now that I can't I'm not, I'm not going to make it because you sank my ship <laughs> that, that was the only thing he had to say yeah he's super bland <laughs> yeah <laughs> But he said, "But Nemo went ahead and took him, dropped him off in on, in France or whatever, wherever, and said, if you hear it, if you say anything about it, I'm come for, I'll come for you,' kind of thing.
1: I'll bore you know. to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but it is. Okay. Right. But That's yeah, so face. that, so that, and of course, that was another um, inspiration for Jules to write another book.
1: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you
0: know, as well as um, there's another one about balloon. Um, some how many certain amount of time in a balloon." He has another book. I uh, think I think it's the same, same book. Okay, well, because there, there was another book. There was another book that I thought because he traveled across Africa in a hot air balloon. Because there were, they, you know, there, there was an expedition they did. A set of people walking, you know, trying to walk across Africa from east to west. Oh. They decided to, to fly over it in a balloon. <laughs>
1: I don't know that book. I'm, I don't remember. But, uh, okay.
0: I, what's the matter, Memphis? Yeah.
1: So you thought this was a good book? It was a good you book. I liked it.
0: I really enjoyed it. You know, and, and you know, like I said, at the end of this book, he's, he's off doing Rampage and he's sinking warships, you know, and that's, and I'm assuming that's where 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea picks up, even though I don't, I don't, there's no mention of sinking a lot of warships in the book, <laughs> you know, it was just speculation, you oh, know, there's a monster out there, what gotcha. is it, we gotta find okay. it kind of thing, All right. you know, and, yeah, so I don't but- know where they got that idea.
1: <laughs> okay, and then you had another book.
0: Yes, this one is called Nemo Rising by C. Courtney Joyner. Okay. This one picks up after Twenty Thousand Leagues in the Sea. <laughs> now in Twenty Thousand Leagues in the Sea, he writes in the book that he that the Nautilus sank in some giant whirlpool and Nemo's dead. But in, in, in the first book, the Captain Nemo book, he mentions that it's like that was that was a mistake. He probably shouldn't have killed Nemo <laughs> in the book. Mm. Not in real life. <laughs> right, he shouldn't have killed off his character. Yeah, because people were clamoring for more. So I, I don't know if he re- if he, you know, retroed that or not. But in this the Nemo Rising book, President Grant captures Nemo. He's captured him because you know he was on a rampage sinking all these warships and they finally caught him they finally caught him and they threw him in jail and they were sentenced to hang. Ooh. (laughs) So But then something happens where these weird creatures start sinking not just warships, but any ship. Anybody but US ships. They're sinking, like, Europe, all European ships are being sunk. So the U.S. was starting to get blamed.
1: No problem. I don't see a problem with that. Nope.
0: <laughs> and this was right after, right after, um, well, President Grant, it was right after, the, I believe, the Civil War. Okay. <laughs> the Civil War just pretty much ended. And, yeah, so somebody was framing the U.S. for sinking foreign ships with these weird creatures. Like, I mean. What are
1: you going to do? Send your ships over? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, but yeah. So if you look on the cover, there's like this mechanical arms kind of thing. So like biomechanical.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like a
0: gnarly octopus arms, but mechanical with
1: barbs and yeah, freaky stuff on
0: them. Yeah, there was all kinds of weird mechanical creatures that were sinking ships out there, and so now we're talking. (laughs) And president, so President Grant decides. Well, I guess I'll have to make a deal with Nemo. Give him back his submarine and send him out there to find out what the hell's going on. And so he does. And so he doesn't hang Nemo. <laughs> he puts Nemo on his ship and sends him on his way. Hey, Grant, never saw Nemo again. <laughs> the end! <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's what I would have done if I was Nemo. You know? <laughs> but yeah, but he put, he put spies on the, on the Nautilus to make sure he doesn't go off course too far. <laughs> kind of thing. And, I mean, it was a little bit... This has your face. It wasn't... I mean, it was a good book, but it wasn't quite as, I don't know what the writing style was, but it actually flowed pretty fast, and the pacing was pretty quick, so there wasn't a whole lot of slow spots, which is good, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But a lot of times you're like, man, how did they do that so quickly, (laughs) kind of thing.
1: (laughs) 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 After reading so much Jules Verne, you're not ready for this kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and he goes off, and Nautilus fights a big, giant, mechanical, biomechanical octopus, and and they they fight that off and there's other creatures out there that they fight off and turns out there's a guy who built a big flying city. It kind of they kind of described it like a, like you know like the helicarriers and avengers.
1: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> but bigger
0: with a you know like the, like or how's flying castle or what? not flying castle. No, you're
1: thinking of Laputa. Yeah, Laputa. Uh, that big
0: flying city castle that, in the sky. Yeah, castle in the sky, something like that. It was very much like that. And the guy yeah. trying to make a deal with Nemo is like, "Look, you I, you can rule the seas, I'll rule the sky," <laughs> you know. But Nemo, I don't know, was too stubborn or I don't know, he prideful or whatever, and, and said no, and they fought, and you know that ended everything there. Okay, and that, that's a real quick synopsis of what happened, but like cause once again, they're talking that Nemo was running around sinking a bunch of warships. In the beginning of this, and that's why they captured him and sent him to death. I don't – I did not get that in the book 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. (laughs) So what I'm getting here is you could skip
1: Joel Zern's 20,000 Leagues and read these other two. (laughs) Yes. And you won't miss anything. Exactly. Except the color of some fish. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, Oh, okay. It seems like to me I mean, although there there was was like maybe a half a chapter of them being stuck under the ice in the south in Mm. the Arctic. Okay, I guess on eh, uh, yeah,, eh. <laughs> you know oh, they eh. might not survive, oh, look, they survived um, <laughs> kind of thing um yeah uh, that i mean that that was pretty much it. There was not twenty thousand leagues under sea was a very boring read, but I read it because <laughs> damn it, I'm steampunk, and there's he's supposed to be steampunk, but yeah if, if you if you want if you want to know more about Captain Nemo, his life before and after. Then I recommend Captain Nemo by Kevin K, KJ Anderson or Kevin J Anderson, and then Nemo Rising by C Courtney Joyner. You yeah. so that's those are nice. Uh, you know, beginning and ending to Captain Nemo. I still need to watch the movie again to see what they changed from the book. <laughs> you
1: know? uh, it sounds painful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: remember those old uh, Disney films. They were slow, right? They were.
0: They were a different era. Different. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> yeah, cause like I said, in, in Twenty Thousand Leagues on the Sea, yeah, he you know he 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 sail around. And he's like, look, okay, let's go. Wa- let's walk underwater. And they they talk about the the, the apparatus that they use, like, you know, the big sub the sub- submarine suits or whatever. And he walks and they walks, Like, look, there's a giant pearl. Don't touch it. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> go back to the ship. <laughs> 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 you know? And then they, you know then they do it again. He fly- he drives off somewhere. he's like okay, let's do it again. And then they oh, let's walk and they walk up this underwater mountain or whatever. And they get to the top. It's like, look, Atlantis. All right, let's go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's only like, a model. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it, like, my gosh. <laughs> it sounds like all these people are Carl Pokington. That's <laughs> <Yeah, No. laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, you want to look at the Grand Canyon? Yeah, okay, sure. Okay, let's go. You know? that's, that's exactly what came to mind when I read that.
3: <laughs> that's how I felt about the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, oh, it's a big hole in the ground. You know?
3: To be fair, they had woke me up very early in the morning to look at it, <laughs> and I'm not my best in the mornings.
0: I mean, that, 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 that part made me laugh. Like, you know, They go through all the, they describe in detail them walking to the, up the mountain or whatever. They describe in great detail that, that walking part. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, about the kind of rocks he saw and under, <laughs> under, underwater plants and the fish and you know, the, and then look, hey, look, there's Atlantis, and that's it. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> like, what the, what the, <laughs> all that for that?
1: <laughs> it sounds like uh, it, it reminds me of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, his stories are a, a really long build of building tension and super spooky, mm-hmm. and you know, shadows moving in right, the right. darkness. Do you finally get to the thing? And it's like. That's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go home. <laughs> Damn it, man. You scared the hell out of me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For nothing.
1: <laughs> I, I'm looking through this uh, Wikipedia article where I, only get, where I get all the information that I know.
0: Yeah, because it's on the internet. It has to be true, right?
1: Well, I, I'm <laughs> looking at all the actors who've played Captain Nemo, mm-hmm. most of whom I don't know. But like Omar Sharif played then, Captain Nemo in 1973. Name sounds familiar. And uh, it mentions uh, Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water. We reviewed a few year, mm-hmm. y- years yeah, ago. Yeah, that was Captain Nemo, wasn't it? Yeah. Captain Nemo's in there. Uh, I don't know the name of the actor. Oh, I, could, yeah. I could read it, but it wouldn't okay. mean anything to me. Um, Michael Kane was Captain Nemo in 1997. Mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart was Captain Nemo in 2005, wow. not that
0: long ago. Yeah, I didn't know they had that many. Yeah. <laughs> well, was, was that? No. Who is Captain Nemo in the Extraordinary Gentleman's movie? Never mind, one. doesn't matter. I can find out if it, maybe. But yeah, that, I mean, he was in that. Oh, I read a copy book. It was a. Uh, it's called Legendary, by Dynamite Publishing, and it's basically a retelling or reimagining of Red Sonia in a in a steampunk world. Ooh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and, um, sure. Okay. And she ran across Captain Nemo. And he was being, I guess I don't know if he was being contro- mind controlled, m- kind of mind controlled by Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, it, it was. It was. It's. I like the Legendary series. It's a. Uh, it's a comic book series by 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 publishing Dynamite Publishing. They originally had Legendary, just straight up Legendary. It was a steampunk world, and they had. <coughs> other characters reimagined, like Red Sonia and the Green Hornet, um, a few others like that. You know, they just kind of threw them all in the steampunk world and what would they be like if they, if they weren't what they were and they were in steampunk instead. It's okay. a pretty good series. And they each got their own individual series as well. Green Hornet did. Red Sonia did. And they're pretty good. <laughs> I recommend them. Okay. Cool. Cigarro's the Joy. Joy's Cigarettes cures asthma. Joy's Cigarettes afford immediate relief in the cases of asthma, wheezing, and winter cough. And a little perseverance will affect a permanent cure. Universally recommended by the most eminent physicians and medical authors. Agreeable to use, certain to the effects, and harmless in their action. They may be safely smoked by ladies and children. All chemists and stores. Box 35, 2 shillings, 6 pence, or post free from Wilcox & Company, 239 Oxford Street, London. I think it's time to move on. So now we're going to go get a little bit serious. There's been stuff going on while we went looking.
1: Right. Well, since we've been on hiatus for so long, you may have, as a listener, may have already heard about uh, the Steampunk World's Fair and how it is canceled under very dubious circumstances. And so I thought it would, it's necessary to talk about.
0: It's an uncomfortable yeah, topic. Very uncomfortable. The Steampunk um, World Fair was supposed to be a big deal. Because I mean, it's called the World Fair, Steampunk World Fair. It, I, don't know, it, I don't know if uh, we we're planning to was go to it. Talking it
1: was, about the, the the biggest Steampunk event in the world, according to marketing claims by the owner, I guess. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I'm reading through an article uh, about. Joe, you know, there there are a number of articles, but this one is uh, written by uh, Bess Godin or Godin about. The organizer Jeff Mack, right, and his uh, proclivities involving women who worked for him and with him uh, organizing this con, and how the Me Too movement uh, is is among it is. us and, and, right. and making and its made its its some
0: girls brave enough to step forward.
1: Yes, which which is awesome. Yeah, except you know, <laughs> it, it's it's really a shame that that uh, we have to
0: do this again. Right. So uh, he doesn't, and he doesn't just do the, the steampunk world fair. He did other <laughs> events as well. So it's, it's, it's long reaching. Sorry, that's uh, that's Memphis, my dog. Memphis yes.
3: disapproves of sexual harassment,
0: as he should,
1: as we all do. Jeff Mack was the name of the fellow who organized this, and yes, he also organized uh, a couple of other cons, including a uh, a kink convention okay bdsm sort of Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. Uh, so he was in that community too and they also have their own problems i think every community (laughs) has
0: problems of some kind or another that's that's humans unfortunately yes but that doesn't mean we just gonna write write it off right no uh, i'm not saying that but i'm saying there's going to be problems we just have to deal with them (coughs) and make and try to try to lessen them and make sure
1: and and we do that by by talking about it. Exactly. So so here we are. Um so I'm just going to I'm just going to speed through the, this article really quick and hit some of the the highlights. <laughs> yeah. Um He's been or Jeff Mack has been organizing the World's Fair for a, a few years now. And uh it was considered successful, but was having problems with uh financial problems, mm-hmm. which probably has more to do with why the convention is shutting down but i don't know this article i'm reading is more about the uh, sexual misconduct reported uh about him from women who have worked with him uh reading from uh, one report here i was 16 or 17 i think from when i first volunteered for jme john mack entertainment Mm -hmm. uh jeff took me aside asked to do a favor for him, something about helping with a performer or something, unthinkingly, I was like, okay, sure. So he leads me to some clearly much older dude in the lobby, says, hey, this is Black Widow. She's a volunteer and has to do anything I say. Her job is to keep you entertained and happy while we sort things out for you. Anything? Asks the guy in a creepy tone. Yeah, it's her job to make you happy. She'll do anything. I didn't think it ba- I didn't it didn't hit me until now just what he was implying it wasn't the first or the last time I'm not the only one that's really creepy very creepy and uh, uh and it plays into all the 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 power position roles mm-hmm. uh of uh someone people look up to someone people are willing to volunteer to run this event with, and I don't know John uh, Jeff
0: Mack uh, I've never been to this convention. Nope. Um, Although it was on the list of possibles in the future, but not anymore really? for, for several reasons. One, mostly, well, he don't like him anymore, and plus, it's probably not going to happen again. And
1: I, I remember, I remember being in college and and going to conventions and volunteering for conventions, and there were creepy dudes who kind of made those sort of comments. And i uh, I don't think they meant them. I don't think he actually meant for this this person to do things well, I mean,
0: but I don't know. I, I agree he pre- and maybe, it doesn't matter, but did anything happen is the question i i, I
1: I'm thinking at this point if anything happened, there would have been more. we'd be hearing about yeah, it too that's true uh, but
0: that's a presumption on my part. I don't know but what the hell yeah that is very creepy i don't blame her for being creeped out by that yeah you're creeped out just hearing about it right? exactly i mean also i mean sad thing was is uh there's another podcast called the story punks yeah and she interviews mostly authors of steampunks steampunk books cyberpunk books any kind of book with a punk in it (laughs) she she interviews authors but she had an interview with him Mm -hmm. and it was a really good interview he sounded like he he was you know Educa- educated in steampunk or at least knew what he was talking about when he talked about steampunk and mm-hmm. i really liked his explanation of steampunk of course at the moment my mind is blank exactly how he said it mm-hmm. but as soon as the scandal came out she immediately dropped that podcast and it's no longer available so <laughs> it, that's something i
1: i didn't want to i, I didn't want to be like that right mm-hmm. I, not saying anything uh, bad for that podcast but i don't want to sweep this under the under the rug
0: Right. Well I mean well she, she talked about
1: it. We should good, yeah. good, okay. I mean she
0: talked about it in her ne- in the next episode why why she decided to drop the podcast and that there was the scandal and all that kind of stuff. Mm. She didn't go into the details of what it was, just ah. that there was an issue with him. You know, may- maybe she assumed everybody knew about it since we're all in the steampunk world <laughs> kind of thing.
1: And reading ar- reading articles about this, it sounds like Jeff Mack was actually quite a voice for talking about consent. Be using his voice to support the Me Too movement and
0: oh, I don't consent
1: know. issues. That, that, that did not come up in the interview
0: <clears throat> right. in any way, obviously, because they were talking yeah. about Steampunk.
1: Uh, he was, he'd even, reading this, was looking for cover art to create a Facebook group dedicated to the subject of consent. And this, this artist, uh, I guess, created the art, and then Jeff didn't create the uh, –
0: group okay Uh,
1: so he made it himself let's see if i can find the the name of that if you are interested it's called flash fandom league against sexual harassment so if that's pretty clever uh, yeah uh, so if you'd like to find out more you can find that on their facebook page but uh yeah yeah weird and I think it's important to to talk about this because I know this isn't a uh, a one time event. Jeff Mack isn't lot. just th- the one bad apple, uh, because as you said, uh, all subcultures, all communities,
0: there's always one bad egg in there. Hopefully, more. Hopefully, hopefully just one. I but I, 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 I mean, know there's not more. There's yeah. not just one.
1: Yeah. We we had an interview with a guy. Oh, that's right. Uh, some mm. time ago yeah. that, that we found out later had his own. Creepy history, and we've never mentioned anything about it because it was a short interview and a right. show, and, you know, and And it was like one of our first <laughs> ones, like, so you probably won't be able to find it anyway. So <laughs> we've never seen him again. Yeah, exactly. which is probably fine. But uh, yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think. In in our experience, you know what what kind of what kind of experience have we seen? I know since since. Two or three of us are dudes. It, it's Probably harder, for us. A lot of it it, it's harder for us to recognize. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, have, I remember some, well, back in our olden days, and, uh, when we were doing High Fantasy Society, I think I saw some things that were kind of like, huh I don't think so. Don't
1: yeah, know. yeah. Back in the Bothra Lark mm-hmm. Barp communities, which are great communities, and, you know, by all means, if, if you want to go out and fight and uh, role-play and put on cool costumes, uh, they're they're worthwhile. Oh yeah. But uh but they're still you you have you have to keep your guard up at all times. Another convention, much closer to home. Anime Matsuri. I think I heard about this one. They uh it, it's like the same story over again. The organizer the organizer John Lee has been accused by many costume cosplay people mm-hmm. who, who went to his con and bought booth space or or worked with him, that he would make comments and tell jokes that were inappropriate and made them uncomfortable. In fact, this is probably, just from the the article I'm reading on the Houston Press, he's a a little more hands-on than the other guy, according to at least uh, one
0: person. Yeah, groping is never a good thing. Don't be groping people. Yeah, yeah, that's, duh. I mean, I, I don't know what to say about that, but uh, that's that's that's, that's, that's this up, that's this this guy took end.
1: a a gal with him to uh, to London. He invited this gal to travel with him and his family to London on a trip to Disneyland, which she declined, and uh, because he was already creeping her out. But she went to London on her own, on her own dime. Mm-hmm. And was hanging out with, with him and uh, another friend of his. And they were telling dirty jokes and being suggestive. And, yeah, she found that they were really disgusting. And then when he later, when he was hanging out with his family, suddenly that was all gone. Right? Right? So she didn't have anything more to do with him. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, but there's a... In, in the cosplay community... Most of the cosplayers I have ever seen are are ladies, True. young women, mm-hmm. and a lot of the costumes are, um... A little revealing? Uh, you know, yeah, because anime.
0: Yeah, anime uh, Characters. That but that's, you know, as they say, cosplay is not consent.
1: Not consent, right. But there, there are a lot of potential victims in that community for someone who's running conventions and mm-hmm. willing to young girls to go to london with him winky winky oh my <laughs> goodness
3: whatever. uh there's an article from the daily beast uh called inside the hashtag me too sex scandal that rocked steampunk yeah uh, yeah and apparently this guy was had his little fingers in a lot of pies uh he was That's uh,
1: offensive i'm disgusted oh okay then <laughs>
3: High abuse is not condoned in any way, <laughs> shape, or fashion by the Texas steampunk connection. This is your disclaimer. Um, so apparently he was into steampunk. He was also into renfares, kinksters, pagans, and various overlapping communities. And this is a problem that I have seen a lot in in the various subcultures that I have been involved in or So some or all of in. those listed yeah yeah
1: I, I, have, I think a
0: lot of there steampunks there's a have, lot of overlap yeah, on everybody has overlap
3: if you've ever read there's a really neat article out in the world it's called the five geek social fallacies and f-a-l-l-a-c-i-e-s by the way um okay. <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> saying a bad word um I wasn't talking about dicks. Oh, not <laughs> oh I'm slow. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. I'm, I'm with you now. So um, <laughs> so uh,
3: basically what happens a lot is that subcultures, especially sort of geeky, late bloomer type people get involved in these sort of things. And so these are people with some emotional baggage from being bullied and ostracized uh, as as younger people. And they get into these subcultures where they finally find what they consider to be their tribe, people that share their interests, people that uh, enjoy playing with them in their Mm -hmm. chosen idiom. And abusers get into these because they find it easy to find victims and they find it easy to find uh, apologists for their bad behavior uh, due to the geek social fallacies I mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, where you... uh, uh, one of the exa- social fallacies is ostracizers are evil, and that's just because most of the people in these subcultures have had these experiences of being ostracized uh, in their earlier life, and so that's just right out. And it doesn't, and the and the abusers know that, and they know that their behavior is not going to get called out uh, if they if they insinuate themselves into these groups and proclaim themselves as one of whatever the subculture is. Uh, One of the other geek social fallacies is friendship is transitive, so you can uh, establish some social proof and uh, insinuate yourself in where others, in other social situations, people might take a longer time to trust you with uh, anything, their personal space or their, you know, whatever. But because you're, you're part of this group, so obviously you're safe, obviously you're okay. And so unfortunately, if you're in any kind of subculture, you really do kind of you you can't leave your your spidey senses on the rack. You have to take whatever social survival skills you've accumulated in the course of your life into the group that you're that you're wanting to play with. And yeah, these are probably your people, and these people are probably great. And I personally have never had any bad experiences with any steampunk event ever. I think the steampunks are the best people in the world. But um, except for you, Jeff. Except for you, Jeff, jerk, yeah. making us all look like creeps. But y- you just y- you can't uh, you can't leave your common sense at the door. You have to still kind of go into these situations and still be a little bit on alert. And, um, you know, don't just assume that because this guy's got cool gear or, you know, they're they're using the correct terminology or what have you, that they're actually, you know, not abusers and not predators, because how could they possibly be a bad person when they're into these same cool things that I'm into? And and I think it's it's it's, all these places can be hiding places for predators and the leadership of these groups. Has to be on alert yeah. for that,
0: and, and but unfortunately, you have to be, you have to watch out the leaderships because like and that then you have to right, you have to, have to be willing to question, and right, like, you know. and yeah, be willing to power question your leadership. Structure,
1: uh, makes it easy to abuse, and I think it's it's even more difficult to navigate in a lot of these uh, subcultures. Uh, I'm thinking particularly the the Renfair culture and the pagan culture. Well, uh, because
3: they're sex positive,
1: right, right, and they're
3: and you don't want to There's, say that like it's a bad thing.
1: They're sort of challenging the the, the sexual uh, and cultural rules of a social interaction that outside of those those meetups and those groups, everyone is presumably we know how to behave and we know where the limits are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But when you go to a Ren fair, some of those some of those boundaries are are pulled back and you can be a little more flirty and a little more friendly and that's still okay where outside maybe it wouldn't be and everybody's now trying to figure out where those boundaries are now supposed to be Mm -hmm,
3: and redraw the lines and And in
1: and in that environment it you know a predator can easily do
0: what he do Right, I mean, right. But on on both sides, you got to be aware of the predators. Make sure, mm-hmm. hey, this guy's being creepy. And as for a guy, you got to look for the signs. Like, oh, oh, I'm, she's she's giving me the no. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah.
3: Right. You got you
0: got to be aware.
3: Yeah, and there there is nothing wrong ever in any social situation where you're not sure of what's going on or what's expected. You know, to say, hey, is it okay if I give you a hug or yeah, asking, um, you know you you can't just walk into a group of people and see other people hugging on each other or sitting on each other's can... laps and just assume that you can just jump on in and and get in on that. You know, there there's established relationships there that that a new person is not aware of. Exactly. So, consent is always always cool, always sexy. Always ask. And it's okay. And you can and you can say I'd like to. You I've can never say, been asked make it an I statement. Neither I'd like I. to give you a hug. If if okay, I've can been I that. if if can I give you a hug sounds you know subservient or or creepy oh, or what no, if it's uncomfortable for you to say can ask asking the other person for permission if that's not part of who you are if you're like sub you know domly you sh- dom or whatever maybe you shouldn't hug people then say that- <laughs> I would like to give you a hug and uh, you know okay. and that's still okay I really want to hug you right now
1: mm-hmm. and I I don't want to I don't want to Change the focus of the conversation. Right. Sorry. Um, no. No. Th- this is great. It-, it just occurs to me that uh, young, beautiful women never have to ask you if they can hug you. I've never been asked. I've never been asked. It's actually very it, rare when they actually can, come up to hug me. Though, so. I- if if I can be hugged by an attractive young girl, I would. I would like that. I would, I would like, like to be asked. Too. I, w- I think that I would. I think that would show a level of of. Uh, Awareness uh, awareness and sort of adult behavior mm-hmm. uh um, young
3: ladies be the change you want to see uh, if you don't want people coming up and grabbing on you, then no, don't I, do it I, to them <laughs>
1: well yes, it's but I, i'm not I'm not trying to transfer blame. No, no, I'm no, just not thinking at all. that no. would be very refreshing.
0: Right.
3: But model the behavior that that you feel yeah. is appro- be that appropriate. Be careful the signals you're
0: sending out sometimes too. I mean, it's not that mm. like don't, I don't want to be blaming the victim or anything, but there was one at one site I was at, and there was a girl who had like a little, like I don't know if it was a tattoo or a sticker or something, pr- right between her breast, on the top, mm-hmm. you know, in her cleavage, and you know it's there. So, but when someone looked down at the sticker, she'd get all offended that you're looking at her breast. It's a trap. (laughs) I don't understand sometimes, but, you know.
3: Oh, my God. I took off my shirt at this party, and everyone is staring at my boobs. (laughs) Caught the police.
0: So, you know, I
3: know. No. uh, But don't. don't, It is troublesome. It it is troublesome. That's a
0: hard line to to walk through. Right. Mm I don't know what to say about that. And
3: you know what? For fuck's sake, if you are running an event... And you are asking for volunteers. Yes. You treat your volunteers like they are fucking gods, True, yeah, not like they are slaves. Because time, yeah. because yeah. these are the people that that are make or break an organization. They are yeah. the backbone of so many fandoms and so many groups. You you treat your volunteers correctly. Don't. don't s- prep- I don't
1: think I've ever seen
3: that. I haven't either, and that needs to change too. It's either. You know, and maybe it's I
1: more often see cons treat their celebrity guests like volunteers,
0: <laughs> yeah, than bad. treat their volunteers that's like, like, like well, they are worth something. If you are a volunteer and you're feeling like you're not you're not being treated well, leave. You know, you don't have to stay there. You're not getting paid.
3: Yeah, right. I I had a friend that uh, worked for Burning Man for for some number of years, and and her point was um, these organizations shouldn't have volunteers. Everybody that that works for them should be paid because
1: because the organization, the organization or the is benefiting or, or from
3: your work. Yeah.
1: Jeff Mack for, for lack of a better person to dump on. Sure. He's making money right, and those people are doing the like, work for nothing. Right. right.
3: For the love of the organization or for the love of the fandom.
1: right? And that's great and all to but
3: you know in, in some ways you treat people how to teach tre- teach people how to treat you. And so if you're if you're giving of your time, you're sort of sending a message that, you know, maybe what i'm doing isn't that valuable when in fact it really is. And so say, yeah, i i'll be happy to help you out. Here's my rate. <laughs> there
0: you go. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, i don't know. I don't, the, I, yeah, yeah. If if volunteering becomes
3: a problem yeah, and if you're not treating your volunteers well, then then maybe you know, it's re- kind of like the me yeah. too, the me too movement, you know, women, you know, if if people if, if all the volunteers behave in solidarity and don't tolerate being mistreated, that's that's where the culture changes because if if they know that oh well this this volunteer fan girl you know she's she's not going to help me but i've got three other volunteers lined up you know so what i've lost one i've got three so, <laughs> i mean it's kind of awful but mm-hmm. you know you solidarity you have to you have to mm-hmm. uh you know enough people have to object to being treated badly for anything to change and, to wrap this and up, I guess we hit
0: critical mass on Jeff Mack. <laughs>
1: Um
0: Yeah, I was about to say that um, Steampunk Dollhouse, uh, Agent Blue Stocking also put in her opinion in the scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, I good, episode good. Episode ten or mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. She doesn't rant and rave. She just like we did. Gives her a little opinion <laughs> about it, and you know. So. And she's also playing our promo. So. Nice.
1: Oh, <laughs> thank you, Blue Stocking. Yeah, to to finish this up, Anime Matsuri, which is nearby, local, local. He's still running the cons he he's not slowing down he's still advertising mm-hmm. he's still you know trying to get people to to volunteer and despite and the accusations have against them. have uh, Lolitas show up and be harassed by him um
0: honestly that david Mack is not
1: uh jeff
0: Mack jeff Mack, sorry is
1: as a matter of fact um oh, steampunk World's fair is quote unquote canceled mm-hmm. he uh tried to or, or another organization tried to get the handoff from him to Run the event instead of him mm-hmm. because of all his baggage, but that didn't work out. There were some contracts that were signed with him that couldn't be transferred over or whatever. I don't a, there, know. It there was, was a, complicated. There
0: was a, a, a money scandal or mix up or something. Uh, there was there talk well.
1: about mm-hmm. about uh, refunds, but who had the money to give the refunds? It didn't work. Yeah. So even though Steampunk World's Fair is canceled, there will be an event. On that site, on that date, and being run by Jeff Mac. Huh. So that's the that's new to me. I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah, this is this is a, a more recent update that I'm reading.
3: So not run by the Silver Phoenix people. No, no,
1: huh. they're they're out. They just went out. Okay. They, they said,
0: yeah, we couldn't. Fuck it. <laughs> we couldn't put <pull laughs> this pu- together. Yeah, too too crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me because running events is it's hard. Hard. Yeah. And c- coming in the last two months and trying to. Bring it PCs together? Yet. Forget Mm-mm. it. So, yeah, Jeff and Mac, if, if you bought tickets, there's something to go to, I guess. Uh, very unlikely that you'd ever get a refund, so... Yeah, just just be um, aware of who
0: you're dealing with.
3: And they've renamed it Steampunk Joy. Is that the new...
0: Oh, I'd, I'd have to... And it's going to be sort of like them. a
3: Steampunk Garage Sale, Steampunk
2: <laughs> Vendor... <laughs> it's a
1: Steampunk... I desperately had to fill this space... Right, with anybody because i've already paid for it kind of thing. right and he's got arrangements with the hotels and if they don't get a certain number of people he gets dinged. he pays out of yeah. pockets
0: yeah it's um, really sad because i mean in his um story punks interview he was talking about another thing he was organizing it was at a it was like an old merry-go-round museum kind of thing and that sounded really oh, cool
1: that does sound cool <laughs> you know but yeah but uh yeah he's persona non grata now i, mm-hmm. I i'm guessing but I, I don't know what's going to happen after, uh, after May fourth through sixth, which is when
0: this is scheduled to happen. Right, so that's next month. I guess I don't we'll keep an we'll keep an eye on it, see what happens. We'll, we'll if see if he planning on going. We'd love like to hear from you. Yes, please. I, if you do go to this, let us know what happened. Yeah, I, I'm guessing he's gonna lose his
1: shirt. Probably. Uh, and and hopefully we won't have to hear about events by Jeff Max, Entertainment. If I Again. win, I would
3: want to dress like Statler and or Waldorf,
2: <laughs>
3: just for heckling,
2: <laughs>
1: because
3: I'm a terrible person.
0: <laughs> uh, uh. Okay, all right, let's let's yeah, uh, be done with I, this. I think, yeah, I think we rambled on enough. We're gonna take a break. Uh, we're gonna play some music. I'll probably play a, a, a promo or two for some other podcasts, and,
1: and uh, we'll come back and talk about what. Shows are coming up
0: now. There's a couple of things. Not a we will, lot, a We'll not things.
1: talk about World's Fair. Right. No. All right. Okay. And now. I'm a very patient person. A body falls past the window. Whatever. <laughs> and you put put it down and you feel like shaky all over. Both your hands are covered. Immediately peg him as a cogman. So we've known each other for years. <laughs> it's Sumeshi. One of the knives is missing from a garter hilt because it is being pressed to your throat. <laughs> Damn. We had a...
2: Oh my God! <laughs>
1: There's so money from him, huh? We talked he, about this earlier. <laughs>
4: <laughs> attacked by the forces of the American Confederacy. <laughs> yeah. Are you constantly checking for traps? <laughs> the Steamrollers Adventure Podcast is available at rigstories.com or on iTunes. You can also get it at Stitcher and Google Play. When you were here before, you couldn't look you in the eye.
0: Uh, their version of "Creep," sung by Haley Reinhardt, we thought it was appropriate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was originally by Radiohead. Radiohead. Radiohead.
0: Yep, Radiohead. I really love her voice. Uh, yeah, she's good. I mean, I, I like Postmodern Jukebox just all around for the most part. And, and they
1: fit really well into our our idiom. Yeah, like I said, usually. So anyway,
0: a few announcements. Uh, I this is there's been there's other podcasts out there, believe it or not. There's What? Yeah, you no, might have, you might you might have heard some of the, their their promos. There's a well, steampunk dollhouse by Blue Stocking, which was on our podcast not long ago. She's there great. Is, there was a Clockwork Cabaret, the darling DJ duo. <laughs> they're fun. So they're they're a musical podcast.
1: They're right? a musical podcast. Yeah, they yeah. play.
0: They if you want steampunk music, listen to them. It's a broad. <laughs> it's a broad spectrum. Like like, see <laughs> music a, can be. They play a lot of Tom Waits. So apparently, Tom Waits' is podcast I freaking steampunk. love Tom Waits. <laughs> Me too. Uh, they they've played our promo, and I think I played their promo last last pod see, episode two, yeah. And uh, and there's another podcast out there which I haven't quite had time to listen to yet, called the Steamroller Adventure Podcast. They played they played our promos, and I have their promo. I'll probably play that one soon.
1: So thank you,
0: Steampunk Steamroller Adventure Podcast. So nice Look them fam- up. Nice little family of steampunk podcasts going on. <laughs> All right, and and it's growing. There's been a few others out there that I haven't quite heard from yet. But I've been I've been trying to communicate with them on Twitter, which I don't understand. I've met that before. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, I have I have created what I call Digital Rex Felix Productions. This is going to be part of that, and I am in the process of we are well me and some friends of mine are in the process of writing a new podcast. It is going to be a sci-fi comedy, not steampunk, but still. Oh, okay. <laughs> just keep an eye out for that. It's, it's a few months. It's a couple months out of the, in the future, but uh, I'm just excited about it. It's, it's fun. We we got the first we got the first episode written the script is written, and, and we're we're going at it. It's a scripted sci-fi comedy. It's going to be fun. <laughs> cool. All right. Good luck so, with that. Yes. Yeah, so we have stuff coming up this month. Yes. A few things. What do you got first?
1: Uh, well, we're going to start up with uh, next Saturday, uh, April fourteenth. There's a number of things happening, including the a presentation of the film Steamboy at the Beltonian Theater. Uh which is up in uh, uh well belton Texas. that's not too far from here Mm-mm. no no, it's uh just up the road a bit about, about an hour's drive mm-hmm. less if you drive faster uh <laughs> 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 um, next Saturday, it's uh scheduled from uh about six o'clock to eight thirty uh there's gonna be a roughly forty five minute panel panel discussion on on uh steampunk sort of a steampunk one oh one what does steampunk mean and how do you how do you do it? So it's really uh, uh, focused on on new people. Uh, If you're just getting into steampunk or just want to dip your toe in.
0: It's a fun little movie, too. I think we reviewed it before. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a great film. It's uh, animated in the Japanese anime style, Mm -hmm. but uh, lots of steam, lots of weird devices. Definitely. And and drama. It's a great show. So that's uh, Saturday from 6 to 8.30 at the Beltonian Theater in Belton, Texas.
3: All right. Also on April fourteenth, uh, the eighth annual garden party will be happening at the Vortex, which is located at twenty three zero seven Manor Road, Austin, Texas. And this is a free event. Uh, it will be a day of frivolity as we replenish our nationally certified butterfly sanctuary at the Butterfly Bar at the vo- at the Vortex after a cold, harsh winter. They
0: have a butterfly sanctuary.
3: Yes, they I have no actively <laughs> cultivated butterfly vines, fed the caterpillars, and watched them emerge oh. from their chrysalises for many of many varieties celebrate with neighbors and friends at the vortex with a day of art planting live music renewal of the earth bring a butterfly vine to plant mother earth will be in attendance to help restore the garden and welcome the new additions
1: uh, so they don't have a butterfly sanctuary they have butterfly friendly plants which i'm sure you would butterflies that that intend yeah, they're to feed to feed the butterflies that happen to come by and yes i've seen I've seen those plants, and I think I've seen a few butterflies there. Right. So now, now I know what they're okay. talking about. Okay,
3: event sponsor... Tiny Tales to You, Austin's Traveling Petting Zoo. They'll be bringing the funniest, friendless, friendliest guests around. If you Aww. love bunnies, hedgehogs, tortoises, and chickens, then this is the perfect way to spend your afternoon. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Live music by Jamberry Caravan will accompany our planting dance, art projects, and sculpture will provide hands-on opportunities for people to create their own butterfly-inspired artwork. Patrizzi's will be open and serving up a special garden party menu.
1: Patrizzi's is their their Italian... Uh, um, food
3: truck food with truck. homemade pasta noodles fantastic
1: the, their meatballs their uh, what is that butter st- they're an amazing yes. amazing Italian food uh, very probably,
3: authentic very tasty
1: probably Fresh. the best in town
3: mm mm-hmm. mhm And the Butterfly Bar will be serving special garden-inspired cocktails in addition to our regular menu, including a delicious twist on the mimosa called the butterfly, hula hooping, and gardening. Donations of butterfly-friendly plants are much appreciated. There's a list on the Facebook event page of the various plants, native plants, that would be great additions to the sanctuary. So come on out, uh, bring plants, potting soil, compost, gardening tools, just your bad selves. I'm probably going to wear my garden party steampunk outfit, and it'll be fun.
0: (laughs) Wow. And, well, once again, that very same day, on the (laughs) 14th, if you're not in Austin and near Houston, the Rosenberg Railroad Museum will be having RailFest from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's uh, 1921 Avenue F, Rosenberg, Texas. Tickets available online at therosenbergmuseum.org. There's not a lot of information on Facebook, so I went to their page, and it's just um, there's not a lot of information here either. But it, it's it's railroad. How can you not like railroads? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: I, I found the event through the uh, Houston Steampunk Events Facebook page. Yeah, and so if the they're Houston, going, yeah, if the Houston Steampunks like it. There's got to the, be a reason. Yeah. <laughs> any any excuse to dress up, and it's it's more fun with who you go with. Yeah, so I mean, there's this. there's gonna be
0: music. Let's see, real fast, April, t- April 14th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., music, games, fun, food, and trains. What more can you ask for, right? <laughs> right. So it sounds like it could be a good time. Yep. What else we got going on?
3: Uh, April 28th is the 21st annual Buda Wiener Dog Races Yay! in Butte, Texas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we went last year. That was fun. <laughs> yes,
3: it was lots of fun. Uh, apparently, it goes on April 28th and April 29th. Uh, This is the uh wiener dog races, arts, crafts, vendors, bake-off, wiener dog races, kids' games, foods, booths, barbecue, cook-off, live music, and fun for the entire family. This is a pet-friendly event, so if you have a <laughs> pet who is wasn't. friendly, bring them out. Uh, Memphis is not so keen on the other pets, so I'm not sure what we're going to do about that, but... That's happening on the twenty eighth of April.
0: Yeah, just like I said, we went last year and it was a blast. I mean, mm-hmm. we were in our steampunk outfits. They didn't quite know what to think about us, but they didn't say anything bad to us,
1: you know? right? <laughs> I, I think if if more of us had gone dressed dressed for a day at the races, yeah, uh, it, it would have been even more fun.
0: Yeah, I, had, I mean, we had our I had my binoculars, you know, because we're at the races. Absolutely, you know? <laughs> I was placing bets. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> So yeah, that that seems like we might want to go there again. Yeah. But unfortunately, on that very same day, is... Up in
1: Arkansas, we have (laughs) the Old Timer's Day Steampunk Festival, uh, which is on Main Street in Van Buren, Arkansas. Uh, Where are my details? Which
0: I'm told is not far from North Texas. (laughs) My geography's not the greatest. (laughs) (sighs) That's the problem I was having with the Rail Fest.
3: Yeah, there's not much. Friggin'
0: friggin' (laughs) razzle-frazzle. This is great radio, folks. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's...
1: The Old Timers Day Steampunk Festival is not your ordinary festival. Come stroll Main Street, shop our many vendors, see unique entertainment, and attend special seminars on the artistry of steampunk design. It is shopping and kid-friendly. So if you're shopping for kids... You she come to the old timer? No, wait.
0: That's that's not right. Shopping for friendly kids. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or some buggy rides.
0: Really? Yeah. Doesn't say that. Okay, great. <laughs> well, they had that at the
1: Dickens on the main. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You drive a Volkswagen, so you already know about
0: buggy rides.
1: <laughs> it is true.
3: <laughs> well, uh, and then what else?
0: Also, you? that very same day, locally, more or less, it's uh, going to be... Oh, no. Sovereign Scrolls is meeting again. The Sovereign Scrolls LARP event. Oh, yes. Yeah, Stax and I have gone to this a couple times. They're trying to do a steampunk LARP where you can actually shoot each other with um, Nerf guns. Right. <laughs> as well as uh, smack each other with uh, soft, or Nerf swords, or well, padded swords, anyway. It's, it's a boffer LARP. Yeah, it's a boffer LARP, uh, LARP uh, with Nerf guns.
1: Fantasy genre, re- being retooled into more of a steampunk
0: mm-hmm. uh, style uh, LARP. So but, the the details are, come join us for a family-friendly adventure and fun. Character creation and basic info from 10 to 12 in the morning. And then the adventurings until 4. Our LARP sto- our LARP is a storyline base. Please visit www.sovereignscrolls.com for more information on our group. Event fee is $10 for adults. Kids under 10 are free. With paying adult. And bring your own snacks and drinks. Um, this is up in Killeen, Texas. In a, in a, it's, a, it's a nice park. Um, 810 Condor. Street, <laughs> not Condor, right?
1: But if you put Condor into uh, Google Maps, it will
0: still take you there, right? It's Condor Park, C-O-N-D-E-R. <laughs> yeah, well, I know now. Yeah, <laughs> in Colleen, Texas, and like I said, we've been there a couple times. They're very nice, free, very nice and friendly people. Um, so if you want to shoot some uh, Nerf guns at people for a storyline, um, go up, dress up in some steampunk, and uh, go, 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 have at it. Right. So, and, and that takes
1: us to the end of the month. Yeah.
0: That's everything. That's not, that's, man, everything's happening in two different days.
1: Of course, we're already one weekend into this month. I, I'm honestly surprised that more isn't happening with the fantastic weather yeah, we've been having.
0: It has been great weather.
1: Uh, of course, we get into the middle of summer, everything will be happening. We'll be dying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it has been a slow time, and we were gone for for a little while. We missed a few things. We're sorry about that. So, um, well, you can I'm catch us. I'm not sorry. <laughs> 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 catch us on facebook texas steampunk connection um we have an email texas steampunk connection at gmail.com i also have a twitter i don't understand twitter so
1: <laughs> but we're on facebook obviously on Podbean, um fanboy tv ah, fanboy tv yes. is, is uh happy to host us we want to thank them uh, go to fanboy and see A listing of a number of geeky podcasts, definitely. Also, uh, television shows
0: um, on YouTube, mostly on YouTube. Uh, Watch at your convenience. Uh, Check them out. Yes. And hopefully, we'll have. We'll also. I'll also have eventually in the near future. um, Digital Rex Felix Productions. (laughs) So keep an eye out for that. I think that's everything. I think so. So until next time, (laughs) mind mind your gauges.
1: This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection
0: version 3.0.
3: Opening and closing music by a Tricyclo Circus Band. Excusez-moi.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you out about one of our adventures.
3: Or to join you on yours.
1: We welcome your correspondence. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, FanboyTV.com, or your favorite podcast
0: outlet. Until next time, Mind Your Gauges. gauges.